Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast, episode... 134. I'm talking to Charmaine Narana, who is a journalist with the Associated Press and Hollywood Post, Canada, and uh, from the Star before me. And uh, and uh, yeah, and and she's right. She's a article for Chatelaine, Chatelaine, which is a Canadian magazine, and uh, about her, her own concussion and brain injury. So. I want to talk about, I saw that, I want to talk about that, because it's just, it's fascinating when you actually, somebody can write, explain detail well, details well about how, what she, what she went through and how it, how it feels and everything, so I think it's important to talk to somebody like, like Charmaine, but first, I guess, uh, just remind everybody that I have been immersed for now, so I have concussiontalk.com, go to my merch page. You can go to Podchaser, my page on Podchaser, which eventually you'll have a merch page. And uh, yeah, so I'm selling hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, notebooks, masks, like uh, stickers, a whole bunch of stuff. So please check it out. And uh, and I get, and then before I, again, also before I start, I would like to just not really say, remind everybody my sponsor, Head to Head. I remind everybody of my sponsor, HeadCheck Health. So HeadCheck Health bridges the absent concussion, concussion care to a simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Track Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada. We rely on HeadCheck Health to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. And after that, so Charmaine, thank you for joining me. And uh, just I, I gave a brief, very profound introduction to you, but uh, meaning, but just introduce yourself to everybody. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> I have a bit of a hoarse voice today, so apologies for that. <clears throat> uh, yeah, as you said, uh, I'm a journalist. I am not with the AP anymore, but I was with the Associated Press for about 11 years. 
uh, as a reporter covering Canadian news for an international audience, um, and then went on to be a reporter for HuffPost, and now I'm freelance. And oh, yeah. I've sustained uh, two concussions. Two, yeah, because you wrote, you wrote about your first one, and you said, mentioned when I messaged you about your second one you sustained after the article was written, or I guess after it was written, or um, yeah. or, or published, or published, or after published, I guess. But uh, so I would like to just first just basically just go through the article. So, how did you sustain your first concussion? Uh, <clears throat> in a pretty unusual way, I would say. Um, Sounds good, yeah. it was, I had just attended a yoga class with uh, someone and after the class, she had wanted photos of herself in front of these butterfly wings outside of the studio. And she was um, trying to do it via headstand and needed help to lift her legs up to yeah. do the headstand. And so I was kind of leaning over her to help her lift her legs up uh, and her heel kicked me in the jaw and my head ricocheted back. Um, but I had no idea that it was a concussion. Like I, you know, I'd, I'd had sort of a dislocated jaw and my mouth was bleeding and swollen. And and you explained the article a bit about there's like a nerve or in your jaw. You meant that you hit that easy, not easy to knock out when you hit the jaw or that's just, that's just because you're going your head spins and your brain knocks off. That's what they, that's what they think at least. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's that's essentially why it's like the boxer's right hook is a yeah. pretty deadly shot. Yeah. That reason yeah. it almost renders you instantaneously concussed because there's almost no way your brain can move at the same speed as your skull. So there's going to be yeah. friction and traction. Right. Right. Yeah. No. And uh, you explain well about like. <clears throat> How you how you felt like why you went to see a doctor? So, and it, but the but what you wrote, it sounds like you had an excellent have an excellent doctor really up on head and brain injury and, and just and just so just I mean say you're lucky. It's a weird thing to say, but someone's in brain injury. But I mean that's because I've heard from so many people who are who are doctors don't know don't know much and just no fault of their own. Just it's just not that not something that. Are, they're exposed to really so you but you um, obviously got someone who was very no so I didn't you, actually no <laughs> no that's um I kind of write about that in in the article is that I actually had a really difficult journey actually yeah. with both TBIs <clears throat> in terms of getting any type of medical care like I um but so yeah, basically the doctor seemed to understand your doctor explained to you what happens and seemed to, seemed to know what's going on there at least your decision i don't know when you saw this one that you mentioned here in the article but uh just explain like when you when you realize i should probably see someone about this because you weren't you weren't knocked out immediately, immediately right so no in fact so, you so know, when did when did you decide that i should go to the hospital or i should see a doctor and i was basically the next day when i I was struggling to sort of lift my body out of bed. Like I couldn't almost be vertical. I had to, having to lie down. And initially I had just thought that was because of all the blood that was rushing to my face. Yeah. Um, and I had actually called the you're woman. You are very swollen? Sorry. Yeah, I was super swollen yeah. and I was bruised. Um, so I had called the woman who kind of, who had uh, issued the kick and yeah. she was the one that said, I think you might have a concussion. And, I was I was kind of shocked because 
you know, I had a limited, I had limited knowledge of concussions. I sort of yeah. thought they were relegated to pro athletes. And so, you know, I, I didn't take a blow to the head and I didn't yeah. even really sort of hit my head that hard, but it was the force of my, my head ricocheting back was enough to create um, a concussed yeah. effect. Uh, and so it was then that I went to a walk-in clinic and sort of like got very limited advice of no screens, um, stay in a dark room for sort of a week, take a week off work. And that was kind of it. And then a week that later. Was, when, when, when was that? That was in 2017, July. Because I know now they're saying that, you know, stay in that room because there's the you said you mentioned that the uh, a physician. I'm not sure what stage does there's not said did she get are you read you the conflicting advice about getting out and walking but not too much activity and get some activity and not too much and stay in our room but don't always stay in our room and like you're conflicting notion ideas of what to do and uh, so I know now it's like staying not necessarily staying in dark room but no activities not considered a good move because I know physicality after concussion getting out there at least like is oh yeah no it's <clears throat> that's the thing is like we it's such evolve it's such evolving uh research that for so long that was the protocol was to sit in a dark room yeah. and that's what I was told initially and that sort of week that I was told to stay in that room essentially turned into months which then turned into an entire year and I didn't know at the time that that was actually doing a lot more harm to my brain than, <clears throat> you know, than I thought it was doing good. And a year after that concussion, um, I managed to get an amazing job as a senior editor at HuffPost. Um, and it was the first time in my, my career that I'd ever struggled with a job. Um, yeah. And I, I realize now that's because sort of my brain had atrophied for a year of not Mm. rehabbing it and sitting in that dark room and kind of trying to protect it and shield it away from like sensory experiences because I thought that it was that's what you were supposed to do because that's kind of all I was sort of told at yeah. the time so um, what, sorry, sorry. No. Uh, what kind of symptoms would you when you're you say you're saying dark room or when you're trying to do work at the, the half post or anywhere really trying to do some sort of activity for your brain, what would you, what symptoms would you get? Um, I had really intense head pressure for a long time, for many months. Um, I had pretty brutal nausea. Um, I had definitely, I had noise and light sensitivity. I had brain fog, confusion, sort of like easily overwhelmed, um, insomnia. Like, um, and so I think like the combination of that, the you know, gamut. yeah, the whole gamut. So that sort of umbrella of symptoms makes it really difficult to, to look at a screen, to yeah. spend, you know, a concentrated amount of time trying to get a story done. And like, you're, you kind of, your 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 just, your brain is kind of spinning all the time. It feels like. And feels like, I know because I didn't have a concussion. I had a more severe range, but it feels like, all my symptoms kind of came on right after I got a walk out of my coma. So uh, I kind of turned them quickly and I really wasn't during know what was going on, going on anyway. Anyway, but uh, and I, of course, I had a 
years after of just making all of it. So can you explain? So I, I even I'm not really sure what brain fog means to different people. So what when you say you uh, experience some brain fog, I understand, I understand obviously head pressure and uh, light sensitivity, noise sensitivity, but you say brain fog. What would you do? You, can you can you anyway describe it or? Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent the majority of my adult life as a journalist and, yeah. you know, I kind of felt like I was like, you know, fairly sharp and sort of could quickly process information and, you know, could could quickly um, articulate uh, ideas and questions. And then post TBI, you, you feel like you're constantly living in this world of like haze where, you're, you're, I didn't feel sharp anymore. And it felt like just your thinking was kind of uh, weighed down. Like it, it would take a longer to process mm -hmm. information. And even if I did process information, it would often just dissipate really quickly. And um, yeah, there's just, there's a, a lack of sharpness that you feel to your, to your thinking, I think. For me, that's what brain fog felt like. It's sort of being under a haze of thinking yeah. almost, like you're kind of having, having to wade through, you know, and I feel that way sort of even physically post this TBI where, you know, like it, I was almost an athlete before in the sense that I worked out a lot. I, I was a dancer, I did yoga. And now with this second TBI, my, my body also feels like it's in a fog. Like it's just kind of stuck. Like there's no flow anymore right. to everything. Ah, so I want to ask you, as you very second do, I before I do that, just your, you wrote the article and you mentioned a lot of stuff about like Brain Energy Canada and there's done a lot of the other researchers, stats and, and, and uh, all the other symptoms and, and, and uh, signs that, you know, soon. Brain and concussion, but uh, so did you contact Brain Energy Canada first? Did they contact you, or did you do you write your article? Side, I don't write the article first, or did you say do you do all this and then thought I should all I have no, I know all this stuff now, right? Just write down what I know. Or did you say sit down and sit side? I will write an article now, and I will contact Brain Energy Canada, and I will contact all these other groups. Um, I mean, for me, it was more just that it was, it was such an eye opening experience for me to go through this. And then, you know, as many people who sustain significant concussions, you, you can feel like you're in this sort of bubble of isolation, because you, you have to isolate to a large degree, you, you yeah. know, you, you can't handle stimulus, and you, you are overwhelmed by conversation even. And so, I think I was just, it was, it opened up me, it opened up a world to me in a lot of ways. Like I remember writing a feature on the Canadian healthcare system in comparison to the American healthcare system when I was uh, at the AP and sort of, you know, praising public healthcare and then going through this experience and realizing how many holes are in our healthcare system, especially for TBI survivors. Like it's, it's actually mind blowing to me that you know, like, I, I think that there's so many people who fall through the cracks. Yeah. And it's so easy to do that because you, you know, you're dealing with a compromised brain and you're having to navigate this world of like, neurologists still telling you that they don't know enough about the brain and 
sort of no guiding force. And, you know, you see your GP who, you know, my GP right now is lovely, but is apologetic that she just doesn't know enough about yeah. concussions. And so you're sort of like in this world of like a crazy navigation. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like we, we I, there needs to be more awareness out there because yeah. I mean, Whatever. without that awareness, there's there's so many things that happen. Like we don't get the same funding dollars that say cancer gets. No. So it feels no. like there's there's like sort of a we're bereft of like research, like real progressive research here. You know, like I'm considering going to a clinic in the states now mm. because I feel like I've struggled so much trying to get like proper like. TBI protocol and help and like we don't have an integrative system of healthcare here and that to me is paramount for a TBI because you know you it's your governing organ once that's injured every part of you is injured but yet we have sort of this like disparate system where you see someone for one thing and then someone else for someone else and no yeah. one's really talking and no one's sort of looking at you holistically and being like you know, yes, all your metabolic systems are altered, your, your CNS, your ANS, like there's so many things that no one ever tells you that you have to, or that I had to like figure out, I had to research, I had to like learn about my brain and my body and all these systems that, you know, we're so lucky, you know, pre-brain injury in a way that you, you don't know everything yeah. that the brain does because it does it autonomically and yeah you know, and then all of a sudden your brain is injured and you struggle with so many little things that you're like, whoa, it's as brutal as it is. It's also like fascinating because it's this like window into just all the, <laughs> all the like millions of day-to-day -day things your brain does. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's fascinating because I mean, as you knowing how important the brain is, like basically human, bi human biology 101, and uh, when it comes to, like, I don't know, I'm not say medical, but like medical, medical community, it's just taught these in sections like you do osteo, you do neurology, you do geriatrics. It's all separate. It's all like an internal, internal, internal medicine. You do it all separately. Whereas, uh, and the brain is just, she's to be forgotten about in those most important organ, the organ, I can call it organ, in the body. It's a brain organ. It's like a, just a command center, really. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just amazing that like there's not more awareness and there's not more just importance put on place on brain and, and prevent not not say preventing head injuries, prevent preventing the long-term effects or even the acute effects of it. And uh, so, I think that's just something that I mean, all you can really do is just try to raise awareness as you did this by writing an article and I'm trying to do by you know podcast and uh yeah I mean all we can do really and yeah. so I just wanted so you're I know I know I knew about your just reading the article your first concussion but your second one I am totally in the dark about so what happened for number number two uh yeah so the first one was in 2017 and it took about three years for me to fully recover from it and I by 2020 I kind of felt like I was finally back to being healthy and happy and you know I started January 2020 uh, at an ashram in Northern California and then I went to Portugal for work in February I came back and 
came back to essentially what was like the end of the world and the start of COVID. And I still felt like I was kind of thriving. Like I was, I had a steady free, um, freelance contract with the Toronto Star. I was, I was going for these long sort of nature walks. I was doing all the Zoom yoga and dance classes. And, um, and then my sister took me to um, Hamilton to go hiking on my birthday and uh, visit the botanical gardens. And on the way home, um, got into a car accident. And um, actually like at the, the minute it happened, the first thought I had was like, I, I literally was like, please don't let this be another concussion. Like, yeah. and I kind of for like a week after kept trying to use like the power of positive thinking and, you know, sort of just saying like, it's not, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's not, it's not. And then, I mean, I could, there was no the power of positive thing slash denial. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I mean, there was no denying it. It like an anvil felt like it was crushing my head. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I knew then and there. What did, what did you learn from your first concussion? Or did you learn from reading, writing about your first concussion? Because you've written there by this point. So what did what did you learn that or have you did you read there about this point? Had you written the first article? Had you written the first article by this point? Uh, yeah, yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I didn't, you know, I I didn't think that I was going to have to go through that yeah. again, you know. I can see. Um, yes, I probably would have mentioned that if you if you hadn't if you hadn't been if you had gone through the second one, but uh, 
Yeah. So, so what, so what did you learn from your first experience that had kind of helped you or just a guy guided you? In um, this? Well, I knew first, like the first thing that I wasn't going to do was sit in a dark room for any extended period of time. Like I did yeah. need to, for the first, I mean, almost the first week or the first couple of days, because I, I did have pretty brutal, um, head pressure and migraines. Yeah. Um, but I knew right away that I wanted to be proactive and sort of like start rehab and get the ball rolling and do sort of actively at, or do an active rehab program to sort of get things started. Um, and so that was kind of difficult because I had to go online. I had to use my phone. And I actually think that I may have worsened my condition to some degree by sort of using all my faculties almost immediately. Um, so I ended up sort of struggling after the first week with like speech paralysis and um, walking and things that just kind of felt not okay. And so I went back or I went to Sunnybrook uh, to their TBI clinic or their, the ER, because I knew that, that they- uh, Sunnybrook is a hospital in Toronto for those who- don't don't know or even yeah just don't know but uh so so what kind of rehab did you go through did you, um, did you the second time yeah so that's like it's it's still been in what feels like a confoundingly difficult journey because I I got you know I saw a neurologist at Sunnybrook um he basically said sort of like don't focus on your symptoms and you know just try to live your life and that was kind of it for the most part. And so I kind of felt lost and I was like, okay, like I, I can't actually not focus on my symptoms or live my life because my symptoms were so significant. Um, so I just, I kind of Googled again, concussion clinics. And I started seeing a woman um, who kind of did some sort of alternative therapies in some ways. Oh, yeah. um, but then I actually, about a month after my car accident, um, I went through another kind of crazy health condition called topical steroid withdrawal. Oh, I can understand by what you're saying, by name the name of the withdrawals, what it is, but it's just, you know, so you take some cream, cream to, to treat something like. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't know what was going on. Like I just, I started getting all these like super bizarre symptoms and, um, so that kind of took me off a little wow. bit in terms of like really going full force with my TBI rehab. Cause I, I kind of like, I had to go through a battery of tests and figure out what was going on with me with that other condition. And that one had taken almost nine months to recover from. Um, and so in, while recovering from that, I was trying to do my TBI stuff. Um, and so my rehab really kind of feels like it started uh, maybe almost a year later uh, in full force. Um, and in terms of rehab, I've kind of like, I've tried a ton of different things. I've, I've seen a physiotherapist. I'm currently still doing osteo and cranial. Um, for a couple of months, I was seeing a, a neuro Cairo um, oh, yeah. that I had to sort of travel like, quite far too, but it was one of the only people who I had found in Ontario that treated uh, dysautonomia. All right, yeah, I just, you just did an article, article 
uh, two episodes ago, so episode one thirty two, the first video of this, uh, not a season, not a seasons, but like basically, I mean, stuff, but with Warren Zayas and, and Janet Tucker, they did a whole hour long thing about our session of podcast about dysonomia. And they've written our several several articles, so I was just checking them them out. So Lauren Zayacks and Janet Tucker, they're both in the states, both DPDs, so Doctor Physical Therapy, and uh, yeah, there's some great research, and they know a lot about dysonomia, and they speak to about an hour. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a huge. I I feel like personally a huge area. Um, of like TBI rehab and research that is is missing because I now that I'm kind of learning more and more I I do feel like a lot of our issues are nervous system based and ANS based and there isn't there doesn't seem to be unless I'm just not aware of it but like targeted fully targeted treatments to to rehab your nervous system sort of out of fight or flight that is more than just sort of meditation and yeah, like the, the vagus nerve um, stimulation treatments. Like I, I, I do feel like that's a that's a huge component that we're dealing with. But every time I, I talk to a provider here and I, I say dysautonomia, I I always get like, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, um, and it's look, either look it up. yeah, yeah, and so that can feel like. A, also the frustrating part about trying to get medical care here where you're kind of like coming to them with like oh this this is going on or how about this and they're sort of like oh we don't we don't know about that or you know yeah. there isn't enough evidence to su- to suggest these things yeah, that's, that's, i find that that's a thing now that like we know just in, in brain injury but also in society in general we know enough to ask questions to question things we don't know enough to answer them like we know enough to say like your topical topical uh topical cerebral and your brain injuries you're thinking okay well i had a brain injury and that affects this so it could be because i remember my concussions that i'm getting distraction for such and such but you don't know enough to say that oh no this type of reaction will need for topical cerebral or this type of reaction only because of this you, you can't we can't begin to find what the you know brain the brain is obvious that you can't just impossible to do it so well yeah but and that's the other thing is like i i i did think that and it's yeah. through this whole journey it has been a lot of like me figuring these things out and to me it made sense like as soon as your brain is injured your nervous system switches into fight or flight and it just stays there because nothing is sort of telling it you're out of danger because all of a sudden now you have all these misalignments and you have all these things that are keeping your brain thinking that it's in danger. So if that's going on, you're going to have cortisol, you know, kind of coursing through your body if you're in fight or flight. And because I, I hadn't actually been using any, any creams recently. This kind of came out of nowhere. And I, I do believe that it is, there is a connection here to sort of elevated stress levels and trauma to the body that kind of like fueled this whole other situation because as we all know that people with TBI then can experience so many other like secondary illnesses like it kind of blew my mind to go from being a really kind of healthy happy person with 
like almost no health issues except for sort of I did have eczema as yeah a child, me, me too so <laughs> yeah I, that, I, that, that was kind of it I, I, before go, that so yeah, yeah. Um, and to go from that to sort of like you know having a car accident and the TB and then a TBI and then all of a sudden this like host of other things because of all these changes in your body and because you do have adrenaline and cortisol coursing through your body for extended periods of time and like I think that is definitely why people do develop dysautonomia because then of a sudden if your nervous system never really gets to access rest and digest then it's your heart rate is going to be elevated and you're going to lose heart rate variability and there's you know there's so many secondary things that happen and I mean, so this dysonomia thing. So, if anyone wants to know more about dysonomia, seriously look up Lauren Zeiss and Jenna Tucker and uh, whether it's this podcast or just the articles they're written or go to their presenting at the American Congress for Rehabilitative Medicine in Chicago in November. So, if I know I'm not sure they're sure you got to pay a lot to get that. I'm not sure, but I don't know, but that's a Definitely, they do know a lot about it. So definitely look up them. And uh, yeah, so um, so I mean, so what's what's next for Charmaine in terms of, let's say, in, ter- in, terms, of, in terms of your work, in terms of your your freelancing now. So do you have anything in the in the pipe? That's or in the pipe? Not that not. I know there's like journalistic terms in in the pipe, but like, I mean, just in general, what's coming up for you? Um. I've kind of been focusing a little bit on uh, travel writing. So I've been kind of getting back into that. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm slowly kind of just getting back into things actually. Um, you know, a lot of people have sort of suggested writing a book um, about TBI, but I'm, I'm kind of in this, I'm in a bit of a torn space because- It's a lot of work and energy. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work and energy. And, and because I've, I've I've been recovering for what now feels like, you know, two years for this TBI, yeah. but then yeah. they were back to back. So almost five years altogether. And there's yeah. sort of a huge part of me that just kind of wants to leave this yeah. space and kind of get back to like life. Yeah. No, um, but then I'm conflicted because I do feel like this space does need, you know, a lot more awareness and assistance and, um, yeah, I do. I, I really feel for TBI survivors who do really struggle with recovery. And so I'm like torn between wanting that to help in that regard, but also wanting to just like almost peace out and yeah. live you have to hear yourself too, so. What's that? Yeah, yeah, you have to take care of yourself too. So I mean, and sometimes it's good. To, I know, I mean, my range, I took, they obviously took, them, took a long time to recover. So uh, I think I've been, but just turning on there, and even if you don't even take as long as you think away from it, but even like just because you always think about it, but like I don't know how I was, I'm because I mean, it's such an important part of my life that that it's just, but I find even just like the summer for you, I'm just a month away, just enjoying the outside and being and doing like some just some stuff and not putting too much, not putting any pressure at all to boost the podcast or. To do anything like that is to just to enjoy just everything around, like just just outside really nature and uh, and just and uh, even even just a small, small window of oh, that mm-hmm. could be so beneficial. I find one hundred percent. I I 
started to feel like I turned a corner in January of last year. Yeah. Um, or, or this January that just passed. And I was like desperate to travel because I did feel like I really needed a deep nervous system reset. Right. Um, but I was kind of a little bit weary of traveling on my own. So where'd you go? Um, I went to Antigua, but not until April. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and and then Jamaica. And I would say that those two, like those three weeks of my life, probably yeah. they were the, the best. It was the first time in two and a half years that I slept yeah. and that I felt like almost normal and that I wasn't highly symptomatic and sort of had forgotten that I almost had a TBI. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was hugely beneficial. Like I I, and I didn't want to come back because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> normalcy feels like such a drug when you're yeah. suffering from the TBI. And so, yeah, I, I, it was, it felt like bliss and it kind of made me uh, value travel in a, in a different kind of way. Cause I've been someone who yeah. loved travel for its exploration and education and sort of, you know, immersing yourself in different worlds and getting to learn about people and places. And yeah. this kind of like was a, a, a lot more different because I kind of, you know, just sat on a beach and, yeah. you know, rested, sort of really fully rested and like took that's self the, care. That's such an important part of how we just to rest and just realize that life goes on and life is just more than just your brain deteriorator. So just, I think, I, I, I shouldn't say this, like I'm being very authoritative about what, what it is, but to me, for me, it's just nice to step back and just recovery is so important, just rest is so important, just important part that people always forget. Rest and change, what changes is rest, kind of like that type of thing changes a good addition to rest. Rest, yes, also a change, like just, he said he went to Antigua and into Jamaica. Yeah, and it's not even just rest. Like, it's it's actually joy, too. Like, yeah. I think, you know, like, if you're going through a difficult TBI recovery, you, you can really get, um, you can get stuck in the darkness, right? You can, you can sort of just, like, what I felt like, it, you can crumble. I crumbled into the darkness, and you sit there for so long because... Of so many different reasons sometimes just mainly because you're so symptomatic and you kind of forget how important joy is in, yeah. in your recovery and and that is like the real nervous system reset you know it's it's not necessarily going to all these appointments it's sort of like being able to access joy because joy essentially are the you know it's the dopamine it's the serotonin it's all the things that we're kind of desperately lacking and and connection like those are the things that actually stimulate the nerve the vagus nerve significantly as well and they can feel difficult to access when you when you're so deep in symptoms and recovery but i feel like those little windows you know when you get to um are everything this is so, so interesting to bring up that because actually the next, my next podcast, so next week I'll be talking to Richard Tedeschi, Richard Tedeschi, who inhaled in Lawrence Kellerman and started this, found to define the term post-traumatic growth. And uh, a lot of this talk about, a lot of it built throughout the five stages of post-traumatic growth and uh, relationships, like you said, connection. And uh, 
and just find just enjoy new meaning to life that people find after some some book can find after a post after a traumatic event such as such as well don't say it's a branch but yeah any traumatic event and uh so I think that's just this just just, just just so well fits so well into into what into what I've just been doing this month and this me and like last week was which we show now it was treatment for acute concussions with uh with Jake Dr. Jake Van Lanyan. He is designing a drug now to help you treat the very acute concussion. So like in minutes after like a suspected concussion. Um but also dysonomia was the week before that with uh, Lauren and, and Jana and then with Richard Desky next week and you've kind of just touched on all of it with your with you with your uh, injury and your and your and your experience with this whole past almost five years you said so so I think that's just and it's again it's also it's a good note to, to end on so I think thank you so much for for being doing this podcast and uh as I, I was gonna say everyone busy before the podcast that I will now end the end the recording the video recording but I don't want to be that they say hang up on you and just you know, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say I'll say goodbye and uh, and thank you so much. And uh, then I will talk to you after I stop the recording. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, and also, I guess before I stop the recording, I'll just mention to everyone that uh, please just, you know, subscribe, rate, review, Concussion Doc Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Follow me at Concussion Doc on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook. And uh, visit my merch store. At concussiontalk.com, and you can it's T public is the anyway, shirts, those shirts, hoodies, maybe uh, notebooks, masks, mugs, a bunch of stickers like there's the wall art, there's all that stuff. So you search and find look, get my website up and search the store, which is T public. So, uh, thanks, Ian. And I was out stop recording, so uh, it's, yeah, thank you. Thanks thank a lot. You. Thanks, Nick. 